0: Beneath my wings, I stole from you, Mimic.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, welcome to episode 35 of the Mutant Musings podcast. It's the beginning of November 2018, so we'll be discussing some new comics and some news. I'm your host, Jonathan, and with me as always is the Ahab constantly harpooning my white whale...
0: Patty, the butt pirate. Yar, give me that booty.
1: <laughs> here's, here's your friendly reminder that you can leave us a comment on this episode's webpage on geekK.com or 1 million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook. Leave us some feedback on iTunes. And follow us on Instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast. We post some of our favorite X-Men related images every single day.
0: Mostly Jonathan does it. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I post something.
1: Right rarely right but but it's not because i'm trying to hold you back
0: right it's not because because i i I have all the time work yeah you have
1: all the time work
0: i have work all the time they
1: started calling that full-time a little while ago not not all the time work
0: 40 hours a week is just ridiculous to expect out of somebody right it's a scam Mm -hmm. working is a scam (laughs) i don't want to work i want to Bang on the drums all day. Yeah,
1: that's a reference. That's a good one. Yeah, thank that's, you. That's a good one. That's for the older crowd out there.
0: That's that's, that's uh, only nineties kids remember, right? Only nineties
1: kids remember that, and maybe fifties kids remember that too. Uh, yeah, I just want you to know it's not because I'm trying to hold Patty back. I, I I'm trying to I'm trying to I try to get her to post more. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to guide the cock. I'm not trying to <coughs> cock block. I'm trying to guide. We should be we should be guiding it, and that's a reference that that nineties kids will get. Uh, guiding cocks. Yeah. It's from uh it's from uh, super bad. You remember when McLovin is, is in the he's finally getting laid with the sexy girl? Mm-hmm. From school and they're in the in the bed and the two dumb, you know, cops who don't give a shit about anything burst in. They're like, Oh, I'll make love in and then the girl screams and runs out. Yeah. And they're and they're like, Oh, we we just cock blocked him We shouldn't be blocking it, we should be guiding the cock. I don't oh. know I don't know the exact words, but yeah, this is a super bad reference. Anyway, speaking of every single day, we curse every single day. It is a discipline that demands lots of practice, and boy. Do we have lots of practice? So here is your explicit content warning. The MPAA, that's the Mutant Podcast Association of America, has rated us NC-17, uh, meaning you'll hear nuts and cocks possibly 17 times or more on this podcast. I couldn't, I couldn't come up with anything better than that, but I, 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 I did try it. Right, right. Nut-cock-17. Uh, right, it's like the nutcracker, but it's nut-cocker.
0: I was thinking like hand-cock.
1: Like Handcock.
0: Handcock. He's right. got a he's it's got not, a hand
1: in his cock. It's not Hancock. It's not John <laughs> Hancock. No, that 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 signed that that document. It's Hancock. It he signed John it with his his hand cock, cock hand. Right. He his, signed it with his cock hands. Yeah, yeah. Hey, his, look at you. His
0: his cock has a hand and it's signed it. Signed it.
1: Showing off all that history knowledge, you got. I know, I'm a buff. And the uh, you are a buff. <laughs> Showing off all that history knowledge plus the anatomy knowledge is just fucking crazy. If you could have an extra hand anywhere, where would you put it? Right next to my dick. What? Uh,
0: what? Wait, me- would you put it next to your dick or on your dick?
1: No, not on my dick, because that would be awkward. Then it would be trying to grab at itself. <laughs> like I can't properly convey this via microphone to your ears. But like, look at me trying to grab my hand with itself. Like, imagine me trying to do that down here now. But if I had it right now. Ne- Next to see how oh, much better that works? Yeah, it's that, just it's just so yeah. convenient. It's just a little snatch and grab, you know what I mean? It's a snatch little and snatch grab. and grab operation. That's all it is. It's a sneaky one too. Alright, anyway, uh so that's enough talk about porn. Uh we're gonna we're gonna talk about comics at, at some point. Are we gonna start? Are we gonna start yeah, doing let's that? Let's start, let's start doing that. Alright. So the I'm really excited about the comics that we're talking about today. Um and we'll we'll get to the we're, we're saving the best for last. But first, we're going to start with extermination number four. I thought it was a great issue. So so first thing I want to say, though, is Pepe Larraz is an amazing artist. Pepe Le Pew. I lo- <laughs> okay. Uh, he's an amazing artist. Uh, I-, I loved the opening shots of Ahab's ship and diving into the ocean. Um, just immediately just blown away by that opening sequence, and it was awesome. Uh, but then Ahab says, like, you know, once we've confirmed the death of Cyclops... He's probably the one I would go after. Fucking why? Why? Because he's a whiny little bitch. Oh my- he's not. Young Cyclops is awesome. I love young Scott. But um, but then we get to see young Jean and you know, quote unquote X Force attacking young Cable, and that was amazing because I was like, finally put the smackdown on this little shithead. I was upset though that Shatterstar and Cannonball weren't in the fight. Like obviously we we know Shatterstar got hounded, huh? yeah. right? It's a little funny. That's just a little joke. But I wanted to see Cannonball in in more action though, and he would have been he would have been so fucking helpful. He had um, his
0: cute little outfit on. Yeah, exactly. I love that outfit. Let's see more of that. Right, let's see more of that.
1: Because, you know, he's been with the fucking just various... Avengers, who cares? Various Avengers for so long, right? Well, the movie-going audiences certainly don't fucking care about the Avengers. That's why all those movies keep failing. You know what I mean? I, Nobody yeah. cares about the Avengers in this I, day and age. I agree. You agree. All right, good. But, you know, Kid Cable kind of explains everything that we've already gathered.
0: Okay, no. But this was great because everybody was, like, attacking Kid Cable and stuff. And Jean was like, everybody shut the fuck up. We need to talk. And they're like, oh, there's no time to talk. And Jean was like, everybody shut the fuck up. And then she just, bam, just fucking freeze frame. So Jean was like, okay, now that everybody is shutting the fuck up and frozen in midair, just talk to us baby and he was like oh there's no time and she's like well you better make some fucking time yeah i'm on x-force now bitch yeah but but i feel like like i said he kind of explained everything that we've already
1: sort of gathered well
0: okay you gathered it and then you told me and then i was like oh that makes sense
1: well, because, alright, so Cable, old Cable, old dead Cable, was is supposed to protect the timeline, right? But Kid Cable says he got soft for the young ex kid, so. so Aww, they... he
0: got soft? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Why are you saying well, all a of that?
0: It's a good thing Domino is there. She can get him hard.
1: Oh, yeah, He's Jesus. He's a kid. He's no, a kid. the old one. The old one's dead. No, you said the he old. Listen, you hard. said
0: the old one got soft. Uh huh. So Domino <clears throat> can make him hard again. Okay. That's what I'm saying.
1: But what I'm saying is that it's too late because he's dead. Now he's a stiff body. Do Do you see? The soft became a stiff body. Good okay so so kid cable says he did what he had to do he had to kill cable but it wasn't really killing him it was just retiring him and i thought that was kind of dumb but yeah all right. and
0: now uh now kid cable is 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 cable mm-hmm. and he keeps trying to emphasize that point and he's like i i am cable and they're like oh you're not our cable and he's like i'm fucking cable but like okay obviously he doesn't have the same experiences or anything or like the same knowledge of what has happened in this timeline so like You know, it's not like he's going to be, like, Hope's dad now. Like, does he even know who the fuck Hope is? Yeah, that kind of stinks. I don't know. It's weird.
1: It is weird, but, you know, I kind of, I get it. Because, you know, he shows, he shows Gene what happens because Ahab came back and, like, kills an X-Man. And he said that it was Bobby that got killed because of Ahab.
0: He got iced.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Too soon. What the (laughs) fuck? But, yeah, and so, like, shit starts going wrong, like, everywhere because this one x-man died and so it makes sense but you know now we know why he showed up at the same time as ahab and I, but this i fucking knew i knew it that he wanted mimic to take his wings and put him on angel and just like oh uh, you know mimic is just being a good little boy and it's like oh he didn't have time to ask so it's okay so whatever i'm like that's really fucking sad though i feel so bad for mimic all right so anyway so, you know, fucking uh fucking the X-Men get to where they're holding young young Scott, uh which is in C-Rebro, and that's where Ahab is headed. What I didn't understand though, maybe I'm stupid, maybe I missed something is how did young Scott recognize Mimic? Cuz I thought this was earlier in the original X-Men's timeline that like number 19 hadn't happened yet. But also I feel like no, it, I don't think I don't think they knew him. Somebody out there may actually look it up and let me know because I'm I'm certain that this hadn't happened yet and that they didn't know Calvin Rankin from anywhere else
0: yeah I thought that it they like pretty much were like after what the first battle with Magneto
1: something like that it was or, yeah, or a couple th- issues after that basically think, somewhere around there
0: I think you might be right yeah but maybe they're just I don't know maybe it was an editorial oversight because I didn't even think about that yeah I don't know maybe they're you know it was still within like the first 60 issues. Or, so, like, I don't know. No, you could use... They're, us- like, considering the first, like, 60 issues to be, like, their basic timeline you could, that they're from.
1: You could be right, but I'm also thinking that, like, like I might just be forgetting something. You know, the 05 have been here now for, like, six fucking years. I yeah, cannot believe it's been six years. Mimic could have shown up at some point over the past six years that I just happen to be forgetting right now. I just, I thought that was weird. It wasn't an immediate connection for me. Um, But I'm lazy, so I didn't look it up. But anyway, so of course Ahab gets into see Rebro, and of course he fucking, you know, uh, attacks the X-Men. And, you know, Scott is still mad over Bloodstorm. Like, I get that, but... It happened like two issues ago. Get over it. Stop... Oh, man, this is why... See, this is why Scott has emotional problems, because people like you tell him to stuff it and stuff it down and not talk about his problems every time he tries to. So this is why he's an emotional wreck. But even so, even if he's still upset over Bloodstorm, again, which I get, why you gonna leap at the guy with a giant fucking harpoon? Seriously. (sighs) He's, He's fucking... He's got the fucking harpoon ready to go. You're gonna jump at him. And now this was a great sequence of panels they were like really dark you couldn't see much except for like an outline and then the background was just like red and then boom uh fucking harpoon right through the center of the body like nailing him to the wall and you don't see you just see the the legs dangling and what the two jeans are there and one of them is like scott and the other one says no and that was it and that, that, that sucks because then the cover of the, of the next issue is the visor, you know, just, you know, laying on the ground and like, what the fuck? So first of all, I want to, I want to point this out almost immediately after I finished this issue and I was like, on, just sticking around on Facebook for a little bit. Somebody threw out there that they thought that Mimic immediately took Scott's place, you know, and they had that brief interaction and that it was Mimic that died. So part of me can see that. You know the wall got blown out. There's dust kicked up everywhere. You don't fully see the visor or anything too clearly. Um, and yeah, then it
0: didn't like show his face or anything. It right. was just the torso. But like, I don't know. I mean, I was I. I feel like that's such a cop out bullshit move that Agreed. everyone does. Agreed. Like, oh, it wasn't actually this guy. This guy jumped in at the last fucking second and saved him. Like, I just shut the fuck up. No, like, that is. I agree. Such a, such like a trope. Just like, come up with better ideas. Stop recycling the same two ideas. Listen,
1: before you get super mad and start cursing at the world. Super mad. (laughs) This is just speculation. This is something somebody said and I thought was interesting.
0: I know, but you know what? It's probably right. It could be. It could be.
1: It absolutely could be. I really hope that it's, it's not because I love Mimic, but I was following this line of thinking for a little bit. And then I kind of thought of something else. What if that was indeed young Scott that is dead now, right? Ahab thinks that he accomplished his mission. They fight everybody off. uh, The X-Men get their members back and everything's okay. But what do we do with the kids? And then Mimic decides to step up to the plate and say, hey, send me back as young Scott.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But he wouldn't. He needs to be in the vicinity of Scott to be able to have his powers with his or by- did they- no, no, no. no, he used to he used, to, he used to keep them. Yeah. Yeah,
1: he's got them permanently now. Okay. I mean, think about that. Think about that if if the the young Scott that we've known for all of these years throughout no, all of this. No, you
0: know why the, Calvin it, Rankin. it wouldn't <laughs> it wouldn't it wouldn't work i just made though. so
1: people so many people mad you're all probably like on the bus on the way to work right now or in your car just like screaming at me right now
0: no it wouldn't it wouldn't work because <laughs> okay. okay say say that calvin gets sent back with the o4 now mm-hmm. then like they said that like any small change even if it's like something like small like the butterfly effect yeah. kind of thing right. so like what if calvin develops a thing with gene and like he you know like talks about his feelings and isn't like an emotional monster to her like will that change anything
1: what if they take young scott's psyche and transfer it into calvin rankin and then send him back like that so all the same things will happen (laughs) but
0: then but then who (laughs) Wait, but then would mimic still be in the past?
1: Yeah, he would still be there. He would still be there. This as is a, just a different one. As a younger mimic, yeah. Uh,
0: okay, but wait, this mimic is like older. He's like thirty, and the rest of them are like fifteen.
1: <laughs> I'm just, I'm just trying to actually think about this. That's fine. No, listen, that that's fine. As, I don't, I don't think they're actually going to do that. But honestly, as soon as I had that thought, I thought about this Thunderbolts story where um this character Fixer his younger self got killed and the older self was there and is like, how come I'm not immediately dying? And they're like, listen, we have to fix the time stream. How are we going to do this? And so they wiped old fixer's memory and made him to appear as the younger fixer and so basically fixer is going to live in this time loop all the time where he lives his life up until that moment where he dies then makes the choice to go back and pretend to be his younger self it's weird it's worth reading i loved that series but it made me think of that so i thought that that was neat I don't think they're actually going to go for that. They're not going to send old Mimic back to be it, young Scott, it, you but know it's what an it, interesting thought, you know? <clears throat> that's all.
0: It made me think about that thing with Steve Buscemi, like, dressed up as a kid and going into a high school, and he's like, what's up, fellow kids? <laughs> that's, uh, that's what that made me think of.
1: Hajime mashte, fellow Nihonjin. I love Steve Buscemi. He's a national treasure. He is. But, uh, anyway... I thought that this was a great issue. Um, I love the art. I love all of the action. The story makes complete sense now. We're not filling the gaps in anymore. Yeah,
0: filling the gaps. But I
1: feel like, you know, that's that was kind of the smart way to do it. You know, you're kind of like, they hint at things for a little while, but you don't know the full story. And now that we're near the end, we get the full story. It was, it was cool. I still am not sold on Kid Cable. I don't care how noble his intentions or his purpose are. I still don't like him. You uh, don't think he's a hottie? No, I do not. And I am going to be upset if Mimic is dead. I'm going to be upset if Young Scott is dead. So, literally, nobody better be dead. Okay. So, moving on, we are going to talk about the final issue of Old Man Logan, which is Old Man Logan number 50. But,
0: but, guess what? We're gonna get more in I, in old Dead Man Logan. I
1: said what what in the butt? I said yeah. What, what? You remember that?
0: Yeah, that's my that's my jam. That. Only nineties kids. Whoa! Hey! Hey! Whoa! Hey! Hey! <laughs>
1: <laughs> you okay? All right. So
0: uh, yeah, we're going. This isn't actually the end. We're we're getting more Wolverine stories, Are we? guys. I love Wolverine guys. stories. Guys, but this isn't the only Wolverine story we're going to get, guys. Are you guys excited about all the Wolverine stories we're going to get? Let's just focus, like, on one character forever. It's I the 90s. Like,
1: I feel like Marvel can just change its name to Marvelreen now. How do you like that?
0: Yeah, I mean... That wasn't well
1: thought out, but it came out of my mouth, which is what that, happens yeah. a lot in my daily life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they're <laughs> Thanks, just like... Funny. They're they're just like, oh, hey, you know this character who's, like, super introverted, and he was always just leaving the X-Men all the time to do his own thing so he could write the solo series for him so he could go off, and then, you know, the X-Men would be like, oh, hey, do you need help? And he's like, no, I'm going by myself. I have to do this by myself. And then he would go off by himself, and then they put him on, like, five teams, and they added him
1: to the Avengers. Uh-huh. Then what happened?
0: And then they, <laughs> and then they, they killed him, and uh, now he still has, like, three books.
1: You're good at summarizing. Thank you. No, but I I am kind of upset that that this is over and and I say that not because I'm I'm really looking forward to Deadman Logan and like all this other whatever other kind of bullshit they're going to do, but you know this was a decent title. I have to be honest, I enjoyed it more after Ed Brisson took over from Jeff Lemire. Uh a lot of it has been fun. Uh, and interesting, but we'll get to m- more of that a little bit later. Uh, this has been kind of a neat story. So so this is kind of tying things up with Maestro. Because when Ed Brisson took over, that's when we got that first Maestro story. Uh, and so this whole thing is Maestro decided to take over this like remote little fucking village in Canada and uh, captured Logan. Logan went, went in to go stop him and Logan got his ass beat. But Maestro looks like a douchebag. Because uh, not only is he a big fucking Hulk with a beard, but with the funny hat with the fucking antlers, he looks like a weird fucking Viking Santa sort of thing, which I don't really understand. But it's, it's, it's also lame because for a fucking, such a strong guy who demands that he be called Strong King, guy. That demands that he be called King. He's the king of this little fucking village in the middle of nowhere. Like, this isn't grand-scale villainy. This is just him being an asshole to a little village of people. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, it's like going to, uh, like, uh, some fucking town in, like, South Dakota and being like,
1: I'm the supreme champion. Supreme champion? Is that what...
0: Supreme ruler.
1: So, heads up, guys. If you're in South (laughs) Dakota and you're listening... Patty Patty might be coming for you, and please address her as Supreme Ruler or <laughs> Supreme Champion. Either are acceptable. <laughs> Shout out to South Dakota listeners, right? I feel you guys like get it. South
0: Dakota is probably cold, and I don't want to go there.
1: All right, but we're in New Jersey, and it's cold here. So. I know, it
0: sucks. How about that weather, huh, guys?
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So this kid that has been trying to help Logan got shot and killed. They actually killed a child in this book, right? Yeah, they did, and they, then they
0: hung some some hung guys. They hung some hung guys? Yeah, some guys were
1: hung, so they hung them. Are you... They hanged them. Were you talking about... Wait a second. Wait, wait a second. Wait a back second. up. Yeah, yeah. Back up, because two different hungs happened there. Yeah, yeah. All right, they hung the hung guys. So if they were hung before they got hung, are you talking about their big dicks? Yes. D- <laughs> that was the joke. Thank you for explaining it. Right, listen, I just wanted to be clear that when you were perusing through Old Man Logan number 49 that you were looking at the penis art in the well, book.
0: Well, okay, so it's been uh if you guys haven't been following lately, penis there, art is what
1: If <laughs> There there if you has haven't been following current. There penis has art, Patty's going to tell you all about it.
0: There has been <laughs> a recent thing in Batman where it's just a full schlong. You can yeah. just See his see his schlong. So if that's something that interests you, you can look into that. There's also an issue of Spider-Man uh-huh. where you can see his dick.
1: Okay. So um, those are going to be collectors' items in a few years. No, I feel like that Bat book. I feel like I read because that happened like a month, two months ago. No, yeah. not not even that long. But anyway, I feel like those sold out, and the prices have probably already skyrocketed. So anyway. So Logan is trying to fight Maestro, but uh, he needs to get the Regenics into him to be strong enough to take on Maestro. Uh, But he couldn't get it all injected into himself. He couldn't take it all in time. Am I right? (laughs) Yeah, there's your joke. All right. Uh, So Maestro has him, like, chained up and, like, these fucking asshole snitches in town tell Maestro that there are, like, people who want to rebel. And so this is, like, after he had sex with one of the women in town. And that's fucking disgusting. He's so fucking gross. And he like
0: complained him. that like she wasn't good enough yeah. or something. And I was yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah.
1: He is just such a fucking cousin fucker. Yeah. he. <laughs> Thanks.
0: I mean, you're, you're good, but you're no, my cousin.
1: <laughs> you're not cousin. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking fucking this, this woman gets a bunch of fucking guns and she's shooting at maestro And fucking Logan manages to get all the Regenics. And, uh, you know, then fucking Maestro just grabs Logan and they leave the village. So I don't know if we're ever going to see them again. Um, Because I felt really bad for some of those people. I really fucking did. It was an interesting... It was an interesting situation in the village, and I'd be curious to see more of that. So I hope in Dead Man Logan we get to see more of that. And but that anyway,
0: woman who bought who who brought all the guns—that was uh, her husband who got killed last issue. Yeah, who got who the, the one who was
1: hung. Yeah, the one right? who was hung. So you're checking out Angela's fucking hubby's package, and her, now he's her, dead. Her dead husband. I feel bad. That's <laughs> fucking rude. But Maestro takes Logan to the to his time machine that he he stole from Doom, and he's like, "Listen, listen." I, I know,
0: I, I know, you' looking for this, but guess <laughs> that you can't have it. You can't have any.
1: But fucking Logan, you know, Logan doesn't want to step into the machine and just go home. He says that they both should. So Maestro destroys it like a fucking asshole, and then Logan cuts his head off. But uh, you know what? That was really cool. It was a cool fighting sequence. It was cool art. It was really gross to see his head just fucking. No, it was great. In there, I loved that. But then the regenics wears off. and Oh, Logan this was down. stupid. He was like, ends.
0: he was like, oh, I'm not gonna die here. I'm not gonna die like this. And he just fucking falls, falls face forward, Oom. ass up, with the, in the snow, ass up, just in you case weren't...
1: anybody wants some. Right. I was wondering. I was wondering when you when you were gonna circle back to that. Because I figured there was a reason.
0: <laughs> face down, ass up. That's, that's the hilarious. way I like to fuck. Right.
1: You know those words. You know the best words. <laughs> I know all the words. <laughs> right. Listen, I, I'm, first, I'm glad that Maestro is dead. Uh, he was a good villain, but he, he was a piece of shit. They were good at writing him like a piece of shit, um, especially as an antagonist for Old Man Logan. It was, it was kind of cliche, because you know they're both old versions of, of a guy, but he still, still he was a great villain. But he kind of, with this whole situation with the village, and even with his gang of hulks uh, from many issues ago, he reminded me of Negan in a way. Right? He's not he doesn't have like the sexy swag of Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He
0: he isn't daddy material if that's what you're going for. I'm not Oh
1: my god. Okay. Let's <laughs> let's put the sex off to the side. Patty, just one minute. Seriously. Okay, continue. Put the, put the ass down. No Patty. You made me
0: you put... made me think of Negan <laughs> No, just the way You wouldn't let him take a swing with are right, you listen, with this back?
1: Listen this. <laughs> This is, holy Jesus. This is not what I was expecting. All right, go ahead. But that's really my fault. I mean, let's be real, guys. It's my fault, right? Yes. <laughs> no, I mean, there's not there's not a whole lot to say, except that, you know, he, he manages to, like, round up this crew of, like, fucking worshippers underneath him, right? And then he's got, like, his whole little village of just followers, and, like, he beats them into submission, and he's taken the women. You know, he's got a gun cache. You know that just it reminded me of of Negan basically. Yeah, it you're he's, right. He's on a very basic level. I'm not gonna get into the, all the fucking. There are really no details to give, but that's. I just saw some connections, so I thought that was kind of interesting. But again, he's not Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's right. not. He's not Nobody quite as charming. He's not as charming. But anyway, uh, I thought that this issue, the story overall, was well paced. I'm sure Maestro won't stay dead. Um, it definitely had some, the series overall had some great moments, like I said, especially after Ed Brisson took over. I loved the storyline with Bullseye, even though I was upset yeah, that, that, was fantastic. that Sarah Dewey died. Um, even though the, the Craven story was kind of filler, it was still sort of interesting to see Craven's desire to hunt Wolverine, but have to settle for Old Man Logan, and then Old Man Logan still win. And I thought that kind of tying up this whole issue with Maestro was a nice way to end Brisson's run uh, on Old Man Logan. So it was cool. I just did not care about the ending at all. Yeah, but, you know, they have to do that because we are getting Dead Man Logan. We're getting 12 issues of that, (sighs) so it, it has to happen, you know?
0: Why can't they just kill him? He's dead. He's got his ass up in the snow. Dead Man
1: Logan can just be different ass shots of Wolverine over the years. Why do you want to see his dead ass? I am dead ass about that, Patty. Why do you want to see his dead ass? Dead ass right now. (laughs) Right? Fine. All right. So next, uh, we're going to talk about another final issue multiple Uh, (laughs) multiple man number five
0: can't why Why the the, first
1: talk about my my the first words that i I put in my notes were oh my god why (laughs)
0: literally 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 Literally, why was this necessary (laughs) it was so stupid since the beginning this story made no goddamn fucking (laughs) sense and the ending didn't make any motherfucking goddamn sense either. I was reading it, and I was like, did I miss an issue? No, I didn't miss an issue. This story just doesn't make any fucking sense.
1: So the evil multiple man, right, emperor multiple man, who killed the multiple man that put these multiple man hero mashups together, had a change of heart, right? Emperor multiple man killed the, the hero multiple man, and he feels bad. And and so, so they go back to the present, and there's the evil multiple army from the future, right? The lieutenant to the formerly evil multiple-man emperor is fighting the X-Men. You yeah, with me I, so far? I,
0: yeah, yeah, I get it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, but Bishop, <clears throat> Bishop, unbeknownst to anyone, <laughs> four issues ago, that would be issue number one, <laughs> happens to put a bomb on one of them. And then Bishop blows up the bomb, uh, but somehow there were multiple bombs because multiple because we got to stick with the whole multiple theme. Mm. So there's for some reason multiple bombs on multiple Jamies. So multiple things are exploding, right? Yeah, fucking fantastic. Uh, one thing that I did think was funny. It's
0: raining,
1: man. What the fuck?
0: hallelujah? It's <laughs> raining, man.
1: What dead bodies? Yeah, it's raining dead Jamie. All right, I mean, you know, let the bodies hit the floor might have <laughs> worked. I I mean... That's a good one. Or we could... Uh, but bombs, they they
0: make you, like, go or, bleh.
1: Or raining blood, you know?
0: Uh, that's another good one. <clears throat>
1: yeah, right? See? So listen, so this was funny. This was funny. So so one of them is like, oh, you stopped being able to duplicate until Hank made you that serum right before you turned him into a rug. And Hank goes, you did what? I thought that was very funny.
0: That was the only joke that I understood.
1: <laughs> So so former so the evil emperor Madrox for, formerly evil emperor Madrox is Jamie Prime and the rule is you ready for the rules mm-hmm. the rule is that if he dies they all die huh. but but the evil lieutenant gets a serum so he can duplicate right but then good Jamie you know formerly emperor bad Jamie now good Jamie says <laughs> nope and then he starts to absorb bad Jamie but bad Jamie is inside of him now and is trying mm. to fight to take yeah. over the world, right? How do you like that self incest, right? There's, I like it. I'm yeah, yeah, you Here's the here's the lob. Take the take the joke.
0: The the Jeffrey lob.
1: <laughs> Who's Jeffrey lob? Jeffrey Loeb. Oh Jeff Loeb. Jeffy Jeffy Loeb's. Je- Jiffy Lube. <laughs> Jeffy, is that what you're trying to say? Jeff Jeffy Lobe? Jiffy Loobs. Jeff Loeb is the, the Marvel TV guy. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Got from there to Jiffy Lube. <laughs>
0: Okay. <laughs> I don't know if this would make more sense if you read it all at once, but I, I I, was just mad at how confused I was. I really didn't want to read this last issue. I probably wouldn't have, or it would have taken me like a year unless Jonathan was like, we have to talk about this issue today, and I'm like, uh... No,
1: this still was way too convoluted and overly complicated, and I feel like some of it was just to be kind of funny and... There was a lot of deadpan humor, and that's fine if you have enough other characters around to play off of that, but a lot of it didn't work after the first issue, because I thought the first issue, you know, it was kind of, it was new then, it was like, oh, you know, this is interesting take, and this is kind of funny, and then it just became annoying, uh, and kind of, and kind of dumb. I wanted to like this, because I like Multiple Man, and I thought it sucked how it was just boom suddenly he's dead at the beginning of fucking IVX so it was great to hear oh shit he's coming back somehow let's yeah but this it. series
0: fucking sucked this was and if you did not spend money on it i would not suggest spending money
1: on it there are people who liked it though they're
0: wrong <laughs> it was it was bad and you should feel bad But, and then, like, at the end, like, two days after he dies, uh, there's another Jamie, and he comes back in, like, a fucking Hawaiian shirt and full beard and shit. I guess it's, like, No Shave November or whatever. (laughs) And... He's just like, oh, what's up, guys? I came from a different timeline and yeah. saw that it was dead here and, like, whatever, something about my... F- I, don't, I don't even understand what he was talking about.
1: So he was supposed to go to the future, uh, to, like, a different timeline and try to recruit some heroes to help, you know, take out this bad Madrox army. And then when he came back to his time, everything was destroyed. So he came back to this time. And, uh, found all these dead Madrox bodies. And listen, there were a couple of moments that I did appreciate in this book, though. Even though they were fucking gross. Like, when Hulk Madrox smashes Prime's head, I did not see that coming. That was gross. And all those dead bodies, and how two days later, fucking crows are picking at them. I'm like, this is, this is not funny. This isn't fun. This is disturbing and gross, and the humor is not working, you know? But, like, this fucking chill Madrox comes back. With his fucking, you know, who was just drinking pina on the plattas. beach? Huh?
0: Yeah, he if co- you like pinatas. <laughs> <pilattas.
1: laughs> but he comes back and he finds this this shot that will allow him to duplicate and just walks off with it. Boom! There is the ending. Like I did. What the fuck? This was the the most ridiculous way to get a Jamie Madrox back into the Marvel universe. I I am legitimately upset that It was five issues of this story, and this is not a, a personal knock against Matthew Rosenberg because he he 's written some really cool stuff. I did not like this series it was
0: stupid, and what it was like a waste of like twenty dollars yeah plus tax yeah i just uh I know i 've liked things that he 's written before, but this is not one of them it, i don 't understand how they let this go into print. I thought it was just horrible and like with the uh what if x-men thing recently too like that uh i mean they're just putting out some really bad shit but uh we can we can start talking about some good shit
1: yeah get that good shit
0: yeah so uh we're going to be talking about the what if magic yeah this one
1: i really like good the premise here is simple and i feel like that's what made this work and it's it's kind of like, they've been putting out a whole bunch of what-if books lately, and I haven't picked them up. I'm not the hugest fan of what-if books because it's such a tall order in just one issue that it's it's ridiculous. And not everybody is up to the task of making it good. This is an example of how it can work really well. The premise is so simple as opposed to what-if X-Men where it was a really convoluted, complex uh, setup. The premise here is that After Magic's time in Limbo, she walked away from the New Mutants. This is what happens. Boom! That's it. That is the smart... There it is. (laughs) That is such a smart way to set up a one-shot. And not even that. Like, the full title is, what if Magic became Sorcerer Supreme? Yeah, so the fucking title makes sense, too. And not just... Bitches. Listen, not just that, but, like, this isn't her as Sorcerer Supreme you know, spanning 20 years of her battling all this shit to get to some big conclusion. This is literally how she just becomes magic to the beginning of her time as sorceress. Magic (laughs)
0: 2.0.
1: Right. No, and this was a great issue. First of all, the art is great. I love Felipe Andrade. I've seen him on stuff before. I recognize this art right away. And then I had to go back and look at the name again. And I'm like, He's done a bunch of stuff for Marvel, but I remember seeing him do um, Onslaught Unleashed. Then they decided to kill Ricky Barnes off. And she was a great character. is really upset. But uh, anyway, so this, this dude in a pickup truck picks up magic, and, and he's a gross creep. But because she's magic, she fucking beats him up with a fucking broom. And it, Love looked, her. it looked amazing. And the horns start coming out. She's just awesome. And she's looking for Doctor Strange, and he finds her and stops her from killing this redneck. And um, he he realizes that she's, you know, not some fucking demon terrorizing people along the highway, that she's innocent, and she tries to run away from him. And it's cute, because he chases after her, and then he tries to trap her in his Sanctum Sanctorum. And she keeps trying to teleport away, but she keeps reappearing inside. He, he just wants to help her, wants to take care of her, and he, he offers her pastrami, and she's like, what's pastrami? And he's like, Wong! She's feral and has never had pastrami before, and I just thought I thought that was hilarious. I don't know if I've ever had pastrami. That's okay. You're not missing out on a whole lot, in my opinion. It smells
0: so fucking bad.
1: I know this might be blasphemy right now. Patty saying that it smells bad, and me saying that I'm not a big fan of it. But, but to <laughs> each their own. Listen, to each their own. You pastrami eaters, go- Keep your breath away from me. Right, right. You keep your breath on the other side of this microphone, and we'll <laughs> keep our breath on this side of this microphone. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? All right. Uh, no, but the dialogue was just really funny and, and really cute and really well done, you but,
0: know? Uh, yeah, okay, but, uh, so I thought it was kind of dumb that she basically just, like, told him her whole dealio with, you know, Belasco telling her that he loved her and, like, wanted to offer her an apprenticeship, and he's like, wow, that's sad. Do you want to be my apprentice? I love you. And she was like, I literally just told you that that happened before and it did not turn out well.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the difference is, is, is Strange is a good guy. You know what I mean? No,
0: I know, but it's still, like, weird. I, I And, did- like, it's not like she knows... That he is a good guy.
1: I get, I get. No, you know what? I do get what you're saying. And at the same time, though, here's where I'm going to, here's where I'm going to, I'm going to give this a pass, though, is because it is just one issue.
0: Right, yeah, who cares?
1: Um, Yeah, but no, you're absolutely right. I don't know. I was, this one I was enjoying so much. I, I had very, very few gripes about, about this book. I was just enjoying it so goddamn much. The, the, the pages where he's actually training her, you know, and they're sitting like meditating and floating and just all the backgrounds. It was amazing. Fucking shout-outs to the colorist, too. I mean, it was just absolutely gorgeous. Then fucking Belasco shows shows up, right? Right after Ilyana summoned her soul staff. That was really cute, by the way. She had, like, yeah, a cute little he face. Yeah,
0: she was trying to get her to create something. Yeah, uh, magic. But because she's, like, black magic that, like, most of her stuff is, like, destruction magic and mm-hmm. stuff... Like, he he transported them to, like, this beautiful island place so she could get, like, in the right headspace or whatever. So, yes, yeah, so she made the
1: soul staff, and I thought it was really cute. It was really cute. She was just so happy. But then fucking douchey McDouchebag shows up. I fucking hate Belasco. I, I, I don't know. I mean, it's not that I'm saying that, like, he's, he's like, a, a terrible villain. You know, I just, he's just such a douchebag. I just fucking hate him and his ugly face. Um, <laughs> uh, But Ilyana, like has been traumatized by him, so she can't She can't take him out so quickly, you know? Suddenly, she acts, and she kills him, and then Strange, Dr. Strange, like, whisks her away to this blight plane, and this reminded me of something you would say. Yeah. He, Dr. Strange says to her, um, I brought you to the blight plane, and she goes, you're a blight plane. Like, literally, <sighs> Patty does that to me all the fucking I, time. I
0: do. It's uh, true.
1: Yeah. I'll just be like, you know, like, oh, watch out for the coffee. You're a coffee. That's the kind of (laughs) shit that I get from Patty, like, daily. But anyway, so Yana's problem at this point is that she's so wound up in anger and grief and shit that she's literally killing herself, right? All of that is tearing her apart, and he tells her her to let it go. So she lets it go.
0: Let it go. and
1: (laughs) (laughs) And they're just sitting on some fucking little planet with all this cutesy art around them. And Oyana's like, so what now? And Strange goes, Lunch. And so great. And so she's got a cloak and her soul staff, and she's gonna be the sorcerer supreme. And this this was a cute story. I loved I loved so much of this. Again, the art. It's it's wonderful. The sanctum sanctorum was gorgeously detailed. Um when they were on the Blight Plane, that was that was really good art. A lot of Ilyana's expressions were cute. A lot of the fighting was fucking awesome. And again,
0: just like, oh, she took this like munch out of her sandwich, and it was the cutest. <laughs> yeah, the she's
1: munch just, out of the sandwich. She's just like munch. The sandwich panel. That fucking sandwich panel. That got me right in the fucking sandwich fields. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't know. You know, this again. This was just like a what if story done right. It like had very little setup because you can't have a convoluted setup to do with this effectively. And it was just
0: <clears throat> what if X Men. <clears throat> and it was just
1: like such an important part of her actual journey. Like, sure, at probably at multiple points in this timeline's future, she probably goes through a lot and has a lot of tough battles. But like, let's see her become the Sorcerer Supreme. Let's see what that looks like. And it was really well done. Props to Leah Williams for doing such a fucking good job with this, and the artist as well. And last new comic we're talking about, to literally nobody's fucking surprise, is X-Men Black, Emma Frost. And the first thing that I thought here was those ridiculous boots. She, she, looked, she looked ridiculous walking into this Walmart. One of our, I don't even know if she listens to our fucking podcast. One of our followers on Instagram, uh, Cataract52, said that the opening outfit made Emma look like a Hot Topic hooker. <laughs> I thought that was great. And like, okay,
0: I don't actually remember that outfit from the first few pages, but what I do remember is that the first few pages of art were fucking terrible. And I... am gloves off. <laughs> I say that as, like, Bachalo is one of my favorite artists. Agreed. And I thought that the first few pages were so bad that I looked to see who the artist was, and it was like, yeah, they never get any good artists to do these, like, one-shot issues or whatever. <laughs> oh, and then I oh, saw man. it was him, and I was like, what the fuck happened? Right. Did he have, like, okay. a stroke? Did he, like, Jeez. lose one of his hands? Like, <laughs> what happens? And then, like, after a few pages... It started picking up, right. and you could see his style, and it looked amazing. Yeah, and especially the last panel, which everybody has been sharing all over the place. But the first few pages just looked awful.
1: They, they and
0: were. I, I do know that he was under really big time constraints, so that makes sense. But I just, I was shocked.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I agree. Um, we'll talk. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. Because I actually, um, again, same, same Instagram follower, Cataract uh, fifty two, you know, brought up this interview with Leah Williams and Chris Baccalà that I wanted to talk about a little bit because I thought it was really interesting. So regardless of the bad art in the opening, though, it was it was interesting. Rogue agrees to talk to Emma, and <laughs> but it has to be at Walmart. It Has to be at a Walmart because <laughs> Emma has to has to walk in dressed like that into a fucking Walmart. it was cool, you know, the whole team's there as backup, you know, just in case. But, you know, Emma says that all the problems mutants have been having can be tied to the Hellfire Club. She wants to wipe them out. Rogue goes and talks it over with the team, and uh, they agree. But in the meantime, regardless of the art, Emma mocks them. And this was fucking amazing. As Rogue goes to walk off and to go talk with the other X-Men about Emma's plan... Like, I can hear Emma in my head making fun of Rogue, going, Well, I do declare, it sure seems like a good old plan, the little old me. And then she mocks Kurt, like, Ja, the redneck tart is right. Like, it's so goddamn funny. There was such genius dialogue. So great, so the X-Men agree to help her take down the remaining Hellfire Club leaders. And obviously there's more going on here. But it's a one-shot, so okay. And, and it was good. It was good. What ended up happening was fine. The main focus is on Emma, and she, you know, that fucking journey she takes through the building
0: was amazing. She had to, like, walk up, like, 50 floors or whatever, and she's just telling people, like, jump out the window and, like, stop.
1: Stop yeah and like whatever it was like make out dance fight sleep just all these like you know the quick little commands and everybody's doing it it was it was awesome and then when she gets on that top floor she turns into diamond when all the guards fire at her uh it's just it was amazing and then she gets to Shaw uh so she turns to diamond and he's just fucking wailing on her but then she starts laughing and what the fuck So Shaw had, like, some young girl in there in, like, a maid outfit that he was screwing. And Emma had that girl planted to be with Shaw to poison him. So he's paralyzed. He's, like, on the fucking ground, cannot move. And Emma goes, you won't be able to move for days, which is good because I'm suddenly quite curious about just how much kinetic energy you can absorb before you burst into a blood mist. And I was like, oh, my God, Mommy, please make it happen. (laughs) Um... And then she changes her outfit, and it's all black, and she says, Say hello to the new Black King, darling. I almost had a heart attack. I fucking loved it. And yeah, by this time, we were well back to the normal Machalo art and, and I loved it. I am sure that the X-Men are not going to be happy that she used them to take over, but I also feel like Emma is in a position now where maybe she can do some good... You know, with the with the Hellfire Club, or you know, have have another fucking group of students, have the Hellions or something. You know what I mean? I but at the same time, I feel like this might make it harder for the X Men to want to work with her or trust her. I don't know.
0: I mean, uh, she did manipulate them, but it sounded like she had some kind of master plan that she was keeping under wraps. That like. She wanted to use this new position for good and stuff like that. And I knew that this was going to happen, like, immediately after reading the issue that people online were going to be like, oh, well, she's a girl. She can't be king. Just, like, it's a fucking title position. And the Black King is, like, the leader. And it is... You know, misogynistic, like, old-timey thing. So it's got to be, like, the male thing in charge. So it's got to be the king that's the most powerful piece.
1: So, yeah, she can be the black king if she fucking wants to. Not And not just that. I 100% agree. And I'm not trying to take away from that. I also want to say, though, that to me, I, I said this to a couple of people on social media already. For me, it wasn't just about that either. It was about fucking paralyzing Shaw and say she turns to Diamond and just wails on him. Great. There's the fucking wound. But taking the title from him is like twisting the knife in the wound. You know what I mean? Yeah. This guy that's caused her a lot of pain over the years. She's This is like the biggest fuck you is to not only poison him and kick the shit out of him. But say no asshole I'm the Black King now. And, and that's really badass, and that's exactly the kind of fucking thing that Emma Frost would do and would think about. So, yeah, I, I I think it's absolutely fine if she wants to call herself the Black King. It's fucking NBD. So, whatever. Getting back to the art a little bit, though, a bunch of people complained about it. And, and you're right, she looked ridiculous. Especially in the opening bunch of pages, it was so inconsistent. It was like somebody... Likens her to like a cave woman and the thick eyebrows, but then in another shot, her features are like more muted and thinner, and it was really weird. Um, it really was inconsistent, you know. By the time we got to the Hellfire Club where Emma was going after Shaw, then it was kind of back to normal, and I loved it. I thought it was great, you know. Patty said Bachala's one of her favorite artists, he's one of my favorite artists, too. Um but you know that was really subpar in the beginning and really kind of sad. As far as the story goes, it was fucking it was fucking awesome. I love it. I'm just a little nervous now about how Emma is going to look in the X-Men's eyes and how that relationship, if there even is going to be one, will be going forward.
0: Well, I'm sure we're going to see that and um since it seems like Marvel is trying to kind of push Leah that, you know, maybe they'll give her, like, a, an Emma solo or miniseries or something. Or that she'll be writing some kind of book with Emma in it. I don't know. I think it is interesting to see what's going to happen with all of this. Especially, like, the X-Men's reactions after she basically betrayed them and lied to them. But, yeah, I'm I'm curious to see what happens.
1: Alright. Sugar, do you declare that little old Emma Frost was the best issue of little old X-Men Black? How strange was the what-if issue featuring Iliana? Don't lose your head, maestro. We'll be right back after the commercial break. <laughs> the thought of family coming to visit during the holidays got you down? All my Aunt Tallulah ever talks about is her collection of exotic bird droppings. Don't emotionally shut down over it. Visit geekade.com instead. There's no geekdom for bird droppings,
0: is there? Did my Aunt Tallulah send you? Geeky.com has articles podcasts and videos
1: for all kinds of geeks love video games comic books movies wrestling and tv shows then Geeky.com has got you covered
0: uncle lloyd once ate part of her collection thinking it was stuffing i can still hear the sounds of him simultaneously vomiting and shitting all over
1: the house stop by Geeky.com today and tell us what's your geek need something to get you in the gobble gobble spirit i'm not a chicken you're a turkey Who remembers that commercial, huh? Huh? Who remembers? Cook up an X-Men feast
0: this Thanksgiving by following the Facebook page One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men.
1: Wait, I don't want to eat the X-Men. One of them's got a hairy Canadian asshole. Eh? Eh? Who remembers episode 28? Who remembers? For news, artwork, and merchandise
0: for sale, One Million to Save Wolverine and the X-Men is a Facebook page just for X-Men fans. A
1: Facebook page or an Ellen page? Eh? Who remembers? She played Shadow Cat in the Last Stand. Who remembers? Follow one million to save Wolverine and the X-Men on Facebook today while I go ham on this corn muffin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So so the interview with uh Will with Leah Williams and Chris Pachalo about X-Men Black Emma Frost. I'm gonna obviously I post all the links to any of these uh, to, to any news story that we, we talk about. So Bachalo said, and this is all via comic book resources, uh Bachalo said that in the opening of X-Men Black, Leah Williams wanted Emma to be wearing an expensive dress to contrast the location that the issue was taking place. But uh Bachalo said that he he decided to take this nostalgic turn. And put her in a combination of her original costume and this punkish one. So, I mean, I thought that was kind of crappy. I mean, it's not, it's not that I've worked in comic books before. So, I don't know how all of this works. I know it's a collaborative process between the writer and the artist. And Bachalo is kind of a legend. The dude has been around for a few decades. And Leah Williams is new. Even though, you know, a lot of us in the fandom love her. Uh, she's still new. But I still thought that that was kind of crappy, uh, that he just decided to change it to this ridiculous-looking outfit. I thought that the outfit was funny, and then I heard Hot Topic Hooker, and I was like, yeah, that's a pretty good description. But Bichalo also said, he he did compliment Leah. Maybe they were sitting there together when this interview was going on. I don't know. Uh, This is just like the transcript of it. Uh, He said that Leah wrote one of the best Frost stories I've ever read. So I thought that that was really neat. But then he went on to say, Emma is manipulative, conniving, conspiring, and dangerous. Um, Not a woman you'd want to date, but one that you'd want to spend time with at a safe distance. And so when the interview turned to Williams, she said that Emma is exceptionally cunning in how she goes about accomplishing her goals, but I don't see her as manipulative or conniving. She's someone who views how to get from point A to point B with the shortest possible distance, It's tactical, not cruel. And I thought that that, this was really interesting because Leah Williams wanted one thing, Chris Pichalo thought something else. And what's Marvel going to do? Are they going to go with the guy who's been around for three decades or close to three decades or going to go with the newbie? Um, And I'm sure that she wasn't going to fight it. I don't even know if Leah Williams gave a shit, but looking at the artwork, it did look kind of ridiculous.
0: I mean, I think that it was kind of Shitty because it should be a collaborative effort, and you know he didn't mention whether he like okayed this with her before just changing her outfit. Right, but um, if he didn't say anything and just like made this exec- executive decision himself, that's really shitty, and that's kind of uh like mansplaining. I mean, <laughs> even if you know she isn't as experienced or anything, you're basically saying that your opinion is more important than that of a woman. And, I mean, I don't mean to, like, say that, like, oh, you know, he's a misogynist automatically or something just because she's a woman. But, I mean, that's kind of how that stuff seems to me.
1: I get you. <clears throat> and I can't really argue that because, you know, we're we're on this side of things getting, like, limited information first from a uh, somebody on social media and then from comic book resources and then we're putting this stuff together. It's very possible that we're both getting this very wrong. But nonetheless, I, I thought it was kind of crappy, and I can't say that I disagree with what Patty's saying. But one other thing that I did want to address, though, because I thought this was interesting, is Chris Bachalo did say in this interview that he debated whether or not to do this issue because he was concerned about the deadline. It was only when he read Leah's script that he said, I'm going to do it. So this was rushed, at least in a way. So I thought that that was kind of interesting, and I almost want to sort of forgive the crappy art in the first few pages. And a little bit elsewhere, but mostly the first few pages. You know what I mean? Yeah, I can excuse it. I, I'm not an artist. I have literally no drawing talent. Patty can attest to that because yeah. she's seen that. Uh, So I can't—I don't—obviously, we're, we're kind of, you know, we do this podcast to criticize things that are going on and what we read. But at the same time, a dude that's on a fucking deadline, especially a guy like Chris Bachalo, who's known for um, at least having solid and consistent work, he's on a tight deadline. We can't expect the best, I guess. So we can only complain so much. All right. So moving on. The next piece of news that I put on here was that it has been confirmed that both X-Men Red and Astonishing X-Men are going to right be Right after finishing. we
0: fucking get Dazzler.
1: Right. She ruined everything. What can I say?
0: Uh, no, I don't... Uh, uh, I don't know. I think this is stupid. I mean, I feel like the writing in X-Men Red has been good, but the story doesn't seem to have really been going anywhere, and I can say the same for Astonishing, but also Astonishing had to deal with uh, Greg Land's terrible porn art. Uh. So maybe that's got something to do with it. I don't know. I'm just kind of upset because I think Tom Taylor is amazing, uh, I say that like every episode, I don't care. And I mean, I loved X-Men Red just because the team like uh, has Let's got, be you know, specific. Okay, so Who Jean, on the team. Jean, Gabby, Laura, Namor, and Which
1: Jean, Patty? Jean Simmons?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of Kiss is there. <laughs>
1: um
0: and uh That would uh... be
1: dope. Imagine Jean Grey leading a team of Kiss. Right? That would be such a great Jean Grey
0: and her, and her family jewels. <laughs> what? You don't remember that Jean Simmons had a reality show following oh, his was life? it all
1: Family Jewels? Yeah. Jean Grey and the... <gasps> That was genius! <sighs> and I didn't even get it. It, right. did get, it did get better when you explained it. I know. I know you know.
0: And um, um, also Trinary. And then they just started this thing with Trinary and Gentle. D- and now now what? Now what?
1: What in the butt? Now exactly what? now what, what exactly now what what in the butt so jordan d white confirmed via twitter that they're that they're ending this is, that's the x-men editor by the way the guy who who hates emma which is mostly a joke he, he whatever i'm not gonna i'm not gonna get don't at him all right um but so I'm, I'm thinking about this so first of all i said this a while ago that i i it felt like x-men red was just one finite story And that this wasn't meant to be some sort of an ongoing. That's just how it's felt this whole time. And you just said that exactly, you know? So I think that this isn't because the sales have been bad or anything. I feel like they knew this from the beginning. And I feel like that this is because they have larger plans. We know that we're having some sort of big X-Men event next year, right? No! It's so big that they needed to get Rob Liefeld to work on it. That's how big it's going to be. So they probably figured, listen, we've got this big story we want to tell over here and one over here, and we're going to tell them, and then these books are going to end so we can go fucking do some other big thing. So it's. I feel like it's, you know, just... It's not like sales figures necessarily have an impact, maybe. It's just that they need to get these things wrapped up in time in order to have this big story and build more new titles out of it, maybe.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Maybe they'll... Uh bring cyclops back and then kill him and then bring wolverine Stop. back and then kill him and then bring him back and then bring back cable i don't fucking care
1: <laughs> it's gonna be stupid well listen when, and it's stupid when they start new series and like have new number ones though history it's stupid no but history has shown that the sales are higher for those books Fuck the sales
0: <laughs> fuck the sales and fuck the police. <laughs>
1: You wanna you wanna know what else is going on that's stupid? Listen, listen, I, G, this, Patty's opinions on the police officers do not reflect Jonathan, mutant musings as a whole, or Geekade.com. dot com. Just throwing that police. out there. <laughs> that's a, that that was a song, right? Yes. Yeah, you're just quote, quoting, I'm quoting the song. Quoting
0: the song. So another stupid thing that's going to happen is they are going to give us wait for it. A new Wolverine series. Right. Who's who's excited? Who's surprised? It's going to be more Wolverine, and it's going to cover his past from the forties to the present day. And guess how many issues it? Is? Oh, it's another twelve issue series. Right, twelve parts. It's called Wolverine: The Vigil. Each segment is set in a different decade, moving forward and starting during World War II in the nineteen forties. So explained in his newsletter, Pablo. Se- no, <laughs> Paulo. Paulo Sequera. Hmm. That was the whitest way to say that. Yeah, he is trying it. Who is absolutely incredible? It's dark, almost a fantasy or horror story, and I'm excited about that beyond a wait and see. So who fucking cares? Do you fucking care? Uh,
1: you know what would have been better <clears throat> <clears throat> if it was uh, a 12 part story called Wolverine: The Virgin. Yes, and <laughs> we got an alternate universe Wolverine. You know who is Mary? Huh. Who is the Virgin Mary? No, not the Virgin Mary. And then
0: had to, and then had to go find an inn so he could deliver his baby in Christmas. No,
1: I'm thinking more. <laughs> what the fuck? I'm thinking more along the lines of Super Bad, where Wolverine is sort of, you know, forty year old virgin, or that the forty year old virgin, right? Exactly, where Wolverine, the 1940s virgin, Wolverine <laughs> is the 1940s forty year old virgin. I love it. You know, give me that book. And you know, his friends, his friends are just you know ha- hanging around him, trying to get him laid. Like, and they're like, "Oh, look, she's showing her ankles, Jimmy. What do you think <laughs> about her? You think she's gonna put out on the first date?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, because that's how they talked in the forties. You is... see what I'm doing? Yeah, I see what you're doing. Right, but he's still the same guy, pretty much. You know, except he's awkward. And and listen, you're five foot three. You're you're hairy all over the fucking place including the anus, you're going to be an awkward dude.
0: Some people are into that. <laughs> like uh like Puck. Puck Puck is like a like a 4 foot puck. hairy all over Canadian. Puck Puck in puck, the butt. Puck Puck in the butt. Puck Puck. You the... could probably fit Puck as a whole into Wolverine's butt. <laughs> just his entire body. Slap shot, right? Yes. But... <laughs> just insert Puck's head first and then just Fucking, you know, like, you know,
1: like, uh, have you ever heard of fisting? Don't talk to me. But it's heading. Don't talk to me. I I I defer the rest. I defer the rest of the podcast to you, Patty. Please continue. Please continue. I'm sorry. Where was your line of thinking going? I don't want to break it up. That was,
0: that was it for now. (laughs) So it's, it's going to be, uh, 40 pages rated T plus. Uh So don't get it. If you're a T minus, it's going to be five dollars. We're gonna
1: have uh, what if you're a T1000? Anyone get uh, that joke? I get it. Skynet. Watch yeah, out for Skynet. I saw that movie. <laughs> so uh,
0: we're gonna have a uh, Greg, Pack, and Ann Nesenti. Yeah,
1: I, I don't. I don't know. I, di- I did want to say though that like, it's not like they haven't done this sort of thing before. And and we don't know exactly if we're getting like a Wolverine ongoing. Even though six one six Logan is coming back, we don't know what's going to happen. We're getting another
0: twelve part Wolverine series, right? So that's why we're getting this. Yeah, two twelve part Wolverine series is better than one twelve part Wolverine series.
1: Uh, yeah, better than one twenty four part Wolverine that's, series. That's true, I guess. Or one forty eight part Wolverine series. Right? What's next in the series? One ninety-six part Wolverine oh series. God. See what I'm doing? I see. Okay, good. Uh, That's a
0: Fibonacci sequence. What no, the, it's not. What did
1: you just say? Fibonacci. What the fuck is it? You're a fibber with your Fibonacci. What is a Fibonacci?
0: <laughs> I don't know. We talked about it in uh, in uh, like seventh grade pre-algebra. Oh, it it's like a... you start with like one, and then you get two, and then you get four. What? But like each one has like, I don't know. It, it's confusing. They explained it with bunnies.
1: Aw, I'm interested now. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Everybody hang with me. Fib bu- it comes right at fibroids. No, Fibonacci. Fibonacci number, Fibonacci with Sequence. Bunnies. Fibonacci series rabbits. Alright, images. There this you is go. so cute. <laughs> There's all different races of bunnies. <laughs> That's so adorable. Oh, look at these little bunnies. I don't even fucking care about that. Look at these bunnies. Aww, look how happy that one such is. such a
0: happy bu- Look oh, at this one. He's eating his ear. He's eating that one's ear. Aw, oh, they're so happy. Oh, look
1: at this one with the butt. Oh, he's got his back turned. He's lonely. Somebody give him attention. This one wants to go to sleep. I'm so happy. I don't fucking care what the Fibonacci sequence is. If anybody's listening, you can go on our Instagram page and fucking explain it. Yeah, so you
0: can Google Fibonacci with bunnies. That is F-I-B-O-N-A-C-C-I with bunnies. (laughs) And there are a lot of uh, pictures of bunnies.
1: Well, it also depends on what you normally search when you're on Google. Oh, that's true. The we, algorithms. We don't want an answer to that, by the way. <laughs> Neither one of us need to know what you search on Google. So please don't send us your answers because that wasn't a question. But depending on your algorithms, you might get some very adorable pictures. Like oh, this is from ThinkGeek. It is from ThinkGeek. Thank you for pointing that out. Uh, designed for Fibonacci bunnies. So I think it's amazing. I, I absolutely love it. All right, back to our regularly scheduled <laughs> programming. Uh, next piece of news <laughs> is that Brian Cranston, for those of you who don't know, is an actor. Actor. Uh,
0: <laughs> you can you can call him a thespian.
1: Yes. Did you ever see... Yes. Mad what? TV skit. No, 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 no. Did you ever see that episode of Beavis and Butthead? Where they hear the word thespian mm-hmm. and they confuse it with lesbian. Yeah, that's what happened in the Mad TV skit. So they keep calling them lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love it. I fucking loved it. But so a couple of years ago, and I remember this because we talked about it on the show, was Brian Cranston sort of expressed interest in playing Mr. Sinister in like an X-Men movie. And he is apparently still interested in it. He said that he wants to play an antagonist that's a fraction smarter than the protagonist, not dumbed down to give the hero an easy win. He said that the the X-Men villain, Mr. Sinister, would be a perfect match, and that it helps that Mr. Sinister hasn't been played by an actor on the big screen yet. And he, he likes that because he doesn't want to be compared to, like, and this is in quotes, well, his commissioner, Gordon, was yada, yada, yada. I don't want to do that. I want to take something that hasn't been done. And I think that would be awesome. I think a couple of years ago when we brought it up on whatever fucking early episode that was. Please don't go listen to it. But whatever episode it was that it would be dope because Brian Cranston is a great actor. I have not seen him in too much. But I will say that I saw him in Malcolm in the Middle when I was in my <coughs> teens. And he was fucking amazing. Patty I have seen him. Breaking Bad. <laughs> Patty has watched Breaking Bad. I have not. So everybody go ahead and give me all kinds of shit. Again, you're in the car, you're on the bus right now, yell at me. Fine. I have not watched Breaking Bad. I've, 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 I've seen tried. Clips of it. I've seen clips it's, of it. It's one of my favorite
0: shows. Oh, yeah. It ended before we started dating. So I wasn't like, oh, oh my god, oh my god, new episode today all the time. So you didn't get to experience that. But I did try... To get him to watch it over the years, and it's just never happened for whatever reason. It'll happen
1: one day, um, I promise. One day it will.
0: He he was so fucking good in Breaking Bad, and there was a skit that he was on in um the Colbert Report. Yes! And it was like with him, uh, him and Colbert were like rollerblading, and it was fantastic. And it was to that Daft Punk song, was it Up All Night or whatever? I don't uh, even remember.
1: Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Daft Punk? Yeah. Wow, I'm an idiot. Well,
0: To Get Lucky, that song. Yeah. yeah, yeah, whatever. You know that song, yeah, you guys. Yeah, yeah. Everyone,
1: yeah. But yeah, so listen, we've established that he's a great actor. Now, the dude wants to play Mr. Sinister. So, the whole thing with the X-Men movies is still, I don't, I'm not- Up a, in the air. Yeah, not 100% on this, because it sounded like some of the projects, or-, or the projects that they announced before the merger may still go forward, meaning a potential Cat movie, multiple-man movie. Gambit is allegedly, allegedly still going forward. So could they, could Fox still get Bryan Cranston to play Mr. Sinister? I don't know if I want to see that. He's a great actor. I think it would be interesting to see Mr. Sinister on the big screen, but I would be more interested if it were five years from now, you know, when, like, the X-Men might be introduced in the MCU or something like that. Uh... Because you'll have better scripts, better actors, better everything. But regardless of whether it's in the Fox X-Men universe or the Disney X-Men universe, what do you think about Brian Cranston as Mr. Sinister? And hang on, because I do want to say this. You obviously have the experience with Brian Cranston as sort of, like, a villainous-type character from Breaking Bad, even though he was, like, the hero. He was still, like, wasn't a good guy. And then you have the character of Mr. Sinister. So what do you think of that?
0: I never watched Malcolm in the Middle growing up, but I've seen scenes from it. I've seen him in other things. I've seen him in Breaking Bad. Yeah. And this guy has the most amazing range I've ever seen in, like, any actor. I think he can do fucking anything. So there was a scene in both Malcolm in the Middle and Breaking Bad where he's just standing there in his fucking tighty-whities. So... <laughs> If this ever happens, I need that scene with Mister Sinister. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. No, I'll I'll show you the pictures later. You think, it's fantastic.
1: You think Mister Sinister wears tidy whities? The dude dressed in all black and like really dark navy blue wears tidy whiteies. He fucking better. I feel like I feel like with his pale ass white skin, he wears a black thong. Oh. I want that instead. Right. I, I was playing. I want Brian Cranston in a black thong. I was playing to my audience, which right now consists of you. I knew what I was playing to, right? I knew exactly what I was playing to. Uh, all right. So last thing we're going to talk about is um, The Gifted, which uh, I don't even know what episode we're on. What, what, what was it? Episode five? That yeah, just finished? five. So for the most part, I have not been enjoying this season as much as I enjoyed season 1 same. Until this episode same. that <laughs> we we watched today that premiered um for you guys last week. You've already seen an episode we haven't seen. We've been through this before. Um Yeah, no
0: legit. They, I I feel exactly the same. I didn't really care until this episode.
1: When there has been action, it's been great. I really liked it. When this drama is going on, because Reed isn't communicating with his wife, because Thunderbird doesn't want to talk about his feelings to Blink, and because now Blink is keeping secrets, like, I get that that's gonna set up more conflict between these characters, but it's really silly and feels like a mutant soap opera.
0: I agree, and...
1: Which isn't all bad. I mean, X-Men has that a
0: lot, too. Yeah. And... Uh, something that I thought was so well delivered that I am so surprised that this is on Fox is that in the beginning of episode five, it was when, what's his name? Jace. Jace. He, he's like a rookie cop and he's with this like a veteran older cop and they see some guy with big hands standing, uh, like against the wall Mm -hmm. at like a convenience store and, you know, the, the the older cop goes over and he's like, what are you doing? Oh, you're just standing around? Let me see your papers. Let me, show me your papers. And the kid's like, no, I have rights. Like, I don't have to do that. And the cop tased him. That is exactly what cops do. And it is, like such a good analogy of what happens to uh people of color for doing nothing for just standing there for being on their cell phones for having a barbecue for selling loose cigarettes etc etc and the other point that i wanted to make is that another big issue is because that even though jace like disagrees with what's happening he still goes along with it yeah And that happens in real life all the time.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, it was... It really was um, a great metaphor for real police brutality. And it really wasn't much of a stretch. Because, again, you can take that mutant kid that was in this episode and switch him for, you know, a Mexican dude or a black dude or something and it would have been the same situation and it would have made sense. And an, an another an- another point I thought that you were were actually just about to make but I'm going to bring up is when Jace is watching the news after uh the mutants got broken out of that fucking um detainment building mm-hmm. and there's, you know, that anchor who's just fear mongering and like we oh, don 't yeah. know what they're gonna do, and they're gonna they're gonna kill people and blah blah blah, and I'm like literally that is the perfect metaphor for uh a certain very specific news channel you know and and these are both things that you know are are kind of like we're seeing on on Fox, which is interesting, but again, you know I mean the show is kind of getting that is getting that right right, so regardless of our complaints about you know the silly. Cheesy drama, um, or how it's acted, or the dialogue, or anything like it, the show has done this well. It's built this world pretty well. Um, we've seen it on a pretty small scale with just these characters, but it's still built the X Men's world from the ground up pretty well. I have to say,
0: I agree. Also, this new episode had the premiere of this new character, Rebecca, that they liberated from the uh, detainment center. Who I fucking love <laughs> oh my god so she was like uh really shy and she didn't want to talk to anybody and um andy tries to get her out of her shell so he starts talking to her and then eventually she says like i'm rebecca and then she's like oh yeah you know i went from being trapped in one prison to being trapped in another prison and he's like well we can leave whenever you want so they go out on like a little date to get uh like burgers and milkshakes and and you know she just fucking like gulps down the burger and <laughs> he finishes so her milkshake and he's like oh you can have mine and she just reaches over just for not it not even hesitate i'm like wow big mood yeah
1: no fucking <laughs> good for her that was dope i
0: loved her I, she
1: was adorable
0: i loved her too and then she sees a fucking cop car and let's have some fun She's like, yeah, let's have some fun. And she fucking turns it inside out and then makes Andy make it explode. And I was just like, oh, my God, I love this girl so much. She's so good.
1: And this was, you know, this was pretty cool to see, too, because the whole thing with Andy is, you know, he's kind of been like really angry and moody and whatever throughout the series. But I've still kind of liked him. But it was a, it was a chance to see him happy. I kind of get where he comes, where he's coming from. You know, he's an angsty teenager. He wants to be with the angsty people. Fine, let him go do that. But, you know, he's just been, like, miserable and drab here. Until now, he seemed happy. Like, obviously, he's a teenager too, so he can relate to her because she's a teenager. They're both attractive, so let them both go out on a date. But also, like, they're having fun with each other. And I kind of like that, you know? Um, he forgot about the family for a little bit because that 's where a lot of the cheesiness for me is coming from, so it was really fun and really cute to see the two of them together and like another potential love triangle is with um eclipse you know mm. i'm i 'm glad he was there for the baby uh, Polaris had her baby and it was all jaundice and it like needed you know light and wasn 't getting the light that it needed and wasn 't doing it right. So they managed to fucking get Eclipse and get him in there to see the baby, and he helps the baby, and so great, what a fucking good dad, because he wants to spend time with his kid, regardless of what is going on between him and Polaris. But now, we get some of these liberated mutants, and he seems to be having a little kind of nice thing going with this uh, wispy mutant named Danielle, who makes wispy balls. So yeah, you know, Eclipse is a good guy he really is and danielle seems really cute and she's got light-based powers. seems like they could work off each other so what's gonna go on with that who knows and he was holding her hand when she got branded yeah which was weird
0: yeah okay that was weird i was like is he going to hold everybody's hand also it was weird that erg was like making that a condition of letting them meet and stay there and rescuing them was that they have to like brands themselves proudly, which I don't like that because like, you know, in the comics, like the people who have the M's on their faces is because they're basically in like concentration camps. Yeah, so it's basically like, you know, if like a Jewish person, like put like numbers on their arms, like it's just like a sign of like ownership. It seems like to me, but it's like, I guess in this uh, universe that that isn't a thing, that exists so i don't know i just it feels really weird to me and it doesn't
1: seem well thought out it it does feel weird right so the the function of the morlocks here is that they literally want to stay out of everything and they are going to stay out of everybody's way and because of the way they look they're going to live peacefully underground so fine so this is a condition that like Then you have to have this brand that is really weird, especially considering where he explains where he comes from. You know, when he got beat up as a kid, it was before his mutation. It was because he's a black dude, you know? So like he, I guess maybe this is supposed to be like a, a sign of solidarity with each other that we are all the same no matter what. So we all get this M on our face. Maybe I, again, though Regardless of the explanation, it feels a little off. I do like the guy, though. I do think he's an an interesting character who has the potential to be even more interesting. And I think it's really neat that they took this D-list character and are just transforming him into... Obviously, he's not like uh, a huge character in the show right now, but he's got a a large enough presence to matter
0: i agree i i think it was cool that they used him i hope that his story will go somewhere because obviously he's trying to get blink to get him some information on something he wants
1: to know stuff that's going on i don't know why i
0: don't i don't know maybe he needs a police scanner i don't know whatever it's is what it is
1: yeah so overall I'm, i'm still kind of enjoying it just um for the most part not quite as much as season one but i'm i'm still hopeful i'm 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 curious to see what happens going forward with this season uh so that'll do it for this episode of mutant musings thanks for joining us and don't forget to leave us a comment on dk.com and one million to save wolverine and the x-men on facebook leave us feedback on itunes and follow us on instagram at mutant underscore musings underscore podcast are you sad that x-men red and astonishing x-men are ending are you enjoying season two of the gifted so far Join us next time when we'll be discussing new comics and some classic comics. Until then, the new Black King was right. Yes, she was.